0: Welcome to another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime with me, Marsh and Kenny. Really appreciate your support in the show early on. We're really enjoying bringing you all this content from the Southern Miss world. And in Southern Miss news, if you would have told me at the beginning of the season that the Southern Miss men's basketball team would have 25 wins, would win the SBC regular season championship and make the NIT, I tell you what, there aren't many Southern Miss fans that wouldn't have taken that including me. So congratulations to Southern Miss men's basketball getting the NIT and they have that first round game against UAB and let's see if we can do like we did in 1987 and win the whole dang thing. Uh, also baseball with a series win over Valparaiso over the weekend continuing their winning ways at Pete Taylor Park improving to 10-5 and five for the season so great job Scott Berry and the crew over there. Well, I decided to kind of get into fan comments early on in this show like I did last time. And this week on Twitter, I asked the Southern Miss world, if you were a Southern Miss baseball player, what would your walk-up song be? I had a lot of good comments. Can only pick four because that's a segment that we call Four and Out. And some walk-up songs that I did pick, if you were a Southern Miss baseball player, were the following. First up... Noel Stringer, the 1982 jam Swangin' by John Anderson. I mean, is there a better walk up song for a batter than Swangin'? So great one right there. Linda Leslie with the 1979 hit song Ladies Night. So the ladies chiming in right here. Uh, that hit song from 79 from Coolin' the Gang and Ladies Night is always a good jam. Next up, Old Man in a Rally Cat shirt. A lot of you all know him, especially Pete Taylor Park, who this guy is. He picks the 1985 big Tom jam, Get It On, Bang a Gong by the Power Station. I absolutely love that song and I love 80s music. Anybody that really knows me. Uh, next up, I chose for my wife, Angela. You know, she chimed in. She lived in St. Louis for years and I thought she picked a pretty cool one, uh, released in 2001 by St. Louis rapper Nelly. And uh, the song is number one, because when you're up to bat, you definitely want to be the best at it. So, and I get some brownie points, obviously, right there, choosing one that my wife put in there. Well, I'm so excited about today's interview. It comes from an absolute legend within the Southern Miss world and one of the greatest softball players of all time. So today's interview is with the one and only... Courtney Blades Rogers. When anybody asks me who is the greatest Southern Miss athlete, male or female of all time, I quickly answer, Courtney Blades Rogers. I mean, it is is an honor to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough for being here. I've known you for a long time, from back in the day when I was at WDAM as a sportscaster following the softball team. And uh, so, Courtney, I can't say enough about you. How's the world treating you?
1: the world is good um we live in georgia we just we actually just moved to georgia from texas we've moved all over thanks to chad's job but um he's at a point now where we can live wherever so we chose to build a house on the lake here in georgia and we'll see it might be our forever home we'll see
0: (laughs) that's cool that's cool yeah you're definitely uh, doing big things out there in the world um so your accolades courtney i mean i don't know where to begin or end there's so many if i miss some i apologize. but here we go. You are the softball player of the year at Southern Miss your senior year. That's basically the Heisman Trophy in football. You, you it were, is. It was the Heisman Trophy in football. You were the Heisman for softball. Uh, Two time All-American first team. The career leader in strikeouts by the time you were done at, at Southern Miss. Um, you led Southern Miss the back to back women's college World Series. You're in the Louisiana Sports Hall of Fame. You're in the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. You're in the Southern Miss Hall of Fame. Did I miss anything, Courtney? I apologize if I didn't beef you up enough.
1: No, I think you got it all.
0: <laughs> Very cool. How about those accolades? How does that make you feel years later?
1: Um, You know, it's it's crazy because I work with little kids, and, and I, not just little kids, but moving to Georgia, I've restarted. So I've got a lot of youngsters that I'm working with. I just do softball lessons, but – I don't actually think about any of that stuff. Um, Britton and I were actually at a facility pitching for her um, over the holiday. And, the and your daughter,
0: that- Britton, who plays in Georgia, for anybody that I know. Yes. <laughs>
1: um, anyways, I was in there catching for her. And the guy was like, oh, my God, we need a pitching instructor. Would you be interested? And, of course, I would. It was close to the house. And Britton's like, why do you not tell them who you are? And I'm like, Britton, they, they- <laughs> well, going to Google it. So I don't have to do that. So, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of cool. A lot of hard work. I, p- I played softball since I was four or five, something like that. Started pitching when I was, I think 10. Um, you know, I don't really talk about it too much, but it is kind of cool to hear it all. So. Yeah,
0: no, it, it's awesome. And it's fun reading about it. Cause like I said, I knew you from back in the day, um, yeah. but no, getting you just said kind of a younger age. So you were born and raised in Baton Rouge, Louisiana mm-hmm. um, at four years old, you started <laughs> playing softball and your mom was the coach. Correct. You got softball in your blood from an early age. How how was that with mom, the coach, at four years old? Uh,
1: Strange enough is she actually did not play softball. She was a basketball player. And um, come to find out, my dad was really fast. I definitely did not get those genes. Um, But he played football. So I guess sports kind of just do run in the family. Um, But mom was the coach, played t-ball. You know, we did the all-stars and all that kind of stuff. But by the time I started playing for real, she wasn't my coach anymore. So, you know, you know how that goes. They're like, done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, guy, guy. by the time you're 10 years old, you're a pitcher. It's kind of obvious, you know, you got an arm on you. And um, I read something that was pretty cool. You know, you wanted to pitch all the time. I mean, you're you're breaking up the lawn with pitches. You're breaking windows sometimes with pitches. <laughs> you're throwing against the wall. You cut out a hole in the wall or a fence just to have a strikeout zone. So, but it seemed like you were dedicated to being the greatest pitcher uh, at an early age.
1: <laughs> Maybe. I mean, the, the funny thing about it is, is when you say that, I probably did do all of that. But looking back, I, you know, when I work with high school kids, I'm like, listen, I get it. Throw three times a week if you can, because I know y'all are busy and this and that. I re- What I remember is, is never wanting to practice, but I always practice with my team. So I guess I guess we got the practice in, but but as far as my arm always going in a circle, that was true. Even to this day, I still walk around my house and my arms going in a circle. I mean, you can catch <laughs> the ice balls of the house. I mean, I throw a little bit. I've thrown. Somebody asked me the other day, when's the last time you threw to a batter? It, that was probably like a real batter it was probably about three years ago. I was pitching the kids at a showcase, oh. and they did not look too good.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know you still got it. Um, Went to Bel Air High School in Baton Rouge. Keeping that mm-hmm. little backstory real quick. You were a four-time All-State performer, which is incredible. Um, how was Bel Air High School? I mean, it was softball? You know, all that like good stuff at the high school years.
1: Uh, I mean, high school was high school. It was fun. Um, you know, when you get to high school, you just don't know what you're going to get as far as sports. You know, it's going to a public school. It's not. It's not like people are are. Um, Um, recruited to come in and play or anything like that so we kind of got what we got Uh, there was a girl across town her name was Ashley Lewis still friends with her she was really good and you know it was always us and them and she ended up going to LSU so they always beat us going to um, as far as to go to state and stuff I mean we went to state but they all they always won because they had a better team Um, but we had we had some good athletes and stuff too but at Bel Air, I mean, I went there for the medical program. I really liked that. did really good in school. Um, and I had a coach there. Her name was Paula Lee. She was actually the basketball coach. And she really made a change in me, I think, because she didn't really put up with my crap. <laughs> she, you know, she made me run. It didn't matter who I was and how good I was or anything like that. But I remember vividly one day she came out, and we hadn't put the bases in the field yet or, on, you know, in the, in the base pass yet. We just ran. She didn't care. She's like, y'all, are, y'all can just run. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what is wrong with this woman? But, you know, she was there for two years. And then I had co- uh, Coach Martin Potro and he didn't have a clue about softball. So that, you know, it makes you look back and go, well, okay, we did have it pretty good. I mean, like this guy goes, how come the mound's flat? I'm thinking, oh my God, what are we going to do? <laughs> so,
0: but, That's that. That's, that's all. Yeah, you were so, you're so athletic in, in high school. I know a coach wanted you to play basketball, even though you weren't a basketball uh, person, but you just went out just just to do it. And, and also cheerleading. I mean, they were trying to get you to do flips and all that.
1: <laughs> yeah, so with the cheerleading thing, uh, I mean, I wasn't into that at all. But they asked me <laughs> so I could be a base, to, you know, throw the flyers and stuff around. They're like, you're really strong. You can do it. And I'm like, OK, well, how much is it? And it was like, you know, a couple thousand dollars. I'm not doing that. I'm not paying all that money. I'm not interested. But basketball, Coach Lee uh, somehow got me to play one summer. That was terrible. I got hit in the face with the ball. I swore my nose was broke. I had no clue what I was doing. Way too much running. And I wasn't any good at it either. So that was it. One summer, done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) One and done. There you go. But softball is definitely your thing. And, I mean, like I said, four-time All-State performer in high school, which is super impressive. So it's time to go to college and uh, I'm a Louisiana guy, so you kind of go down to Bayou a little bit and go to Nichols State. How'd you wind up at Nichols State?
1: Well, um, so I played travel ball um, with the same team growing up from uh, I was 11 all the way to 18, and somehow or another, um, you know, I really, I don't know if I really wanted to go somewhere big, but you know how the recruiting windows all fall, and um, at that time, you couldn't get recruited until you were a senior and people really weren't out looking around. So I had a lot of the smaller Louisiana schools interested and Lou Harris came along and um, I had a couple of teammates go there prior to me committing to her. So, you know, they, they definitely didn't say it was rainbows and butterflies. They're like, she's crazy. She's tough. She's going to make you really good, blah, blah, blah. And that's what I wanted. I wanted somebody to make me better. So, um, you know, money come down. It came down to money too. So, got lots of money over at Nichols and and so that's how I, I ended up there but it was about an hour I guess about an hour and a half from home but it was fun but Nichols is very hard you have to go to class so um, <laughs> down in New Orleans and having fun there too so it was a really good experience for me at Nichols it really was my freshman year was was really fun we had a coach and change my sophomore year, and it, it it really played uh took a toll on me, but but I stayed for two years and but I and I really enjoyed being at Nichols.
0: Yeah, and you and you really uh did well. I mean, you were the newcomer of the year, your first year as a freshman in the Southland Conference, and then pitcher of the year, your sophomore year. And you mentioned Coach Lou Harris was your coach there at Nichols your first year. And uh, but I mean you're really you're doing well, you're making a name for yourself. But coach Lou Harris, who you've called your softball person, like that's your person. Uh, She goes to Southern Miss and kickstart that program again uh, after your freshman year. And um, you're kind of looking at opportunities with her because that was a pretty cool thing. You're starting this program again. And, uh, you know, just you got your eye on Southern Miss because you're so close to her. Talk about that transition. You got things going on in Nickel State and you wind up reuniting with Coach Lou Harris and and the Southern Miss softball team.
1: Yeah. So like I said, my sophomore year, we had a new coach. Um, Coach Lou was really good at pitching. Um, She just was, she was very hands-on with me. I mean, my freshman year, we had six or seven pitchers and, you know, college softball is not for everybody. So that ended up weeding itself out. We had to run a three, uh, a three mile, a times three miles to get our uniforms and I mean, there was, people just couldn't do, do it. You know what I mean? So, but Coach Lou was really, really good when it came to teaching. And and I just worked really well with her. I had no issues with the type of person that she was and how tough she was and that type of thing. So after my sophomore year, I didn't feel like I got any better at all my sophomore year. And I knew that, you know, I didn't have it in my mind. Oh, I want to go be an All-American. I want to go play at the World Series. I didn't have any of that in mind. I just wanted to go somewhere where I knew for the next two years, I was going to continue to get better. And when coach Lou left us her freshman year to go, um, you know, coach in the professional league, we were all completely just devastated. But then, then she said, okay, well, I'm going back to college coaching and I'm like, where? So I, I think I really do think that I didn't even see the campus, didn't know anything about the university when I told her I would come. And then there was four of us that transferred. We drove up with somebody's parents one weekend and, we're like, yep, this is good. So, so that's how it got started. I mean, there were no expectations. Did not have a clue how many people were on the team, where they were from, if they were good. It didn't matter. But originally, my junior year, I was going to redshirt because I felt like my sophomore year at Nichols, I had just regressed. Okay. And um, I just really wanted to spend a year back with her and get myself right, if you will. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, no, and and, and let's kind of get into that, kind of start with new faces at Southern Miss. I mean, when you got there, it, it, you know, the program's just starting up again, a lot of new faces. Uh, how'd you all build some team chemistry? Because, I mean, a lot of, you know, y'all didn't know each other. There's a lot of competition on the team, and, you know, you know how'd well, y'all get?
1: So, I think uh, Coach Lou and Coach Sharon were, were probably there a little bit before us. I'm not real sure how long they were there, but... Our first meeting was, you know, you know how it goes. When you get to college, you have to be there at a certain date. Well, I think we were up in um, maybe the M Club building or the M Club room or something like that. Anyways, we had to be there at a certain time. And, and, and obviously, I played for Coach Lou before, so I knew if you had to be there at 3, you better be there at 2.55. You were late <laughs> if you were there at 2.55. We rolled in, and, and you know how it is. Nobody knows each other except the four of us that came from Nichols, so we all sit together. And then there's all these other girls. And, you know, I'm sure you guys do it too. You get into a room and you start sizing everybody up. Like, yeah, she might be good. She might be good. Oh, I can beat her. You know, all those kinds of things. She might be fast, all that kind of stuff. But literally we had no idea. I didn't know how many of the pitchers we had. I didn't know what we looked like as far as hitting, no clue. All I knew is some of these girls had, had barely played fast pitch and I'm thinking what in the world is going on? But, um, but so we kind of, you know, like when, when little kindergartners get to school, you have to stand up and say your name. We had to do all of that, say where we're from. And then it kind of went from there. I, I mean, I remember trying on uniforms that day. It's like everything was brand new, everything. So she kind of laid out the rules. And I mean, we knew the rules, how it is with her. So, um, and then we just got going. I mean, that's just all it was is, Hey, here we are. Let's do it.
0: Would one thing that built team chemistry for y'all? Y'all seem to have uh, an uphill fight with the program. Y'all didn't have a home stadium when you yeah. first got there. Y'all played fifty road games, five zero people. Uh, <laughs> and and but but what's cool? You talk about the Southern Miss fans in a super cool way. and a quote I saw, y'all played at a youth uh a recreation area, youth playground <laughs> for one game, and about twelve hundred Southern Miss fans showed up for it. I mean, yeah. they were packed in there. So. Uh, how was that, though? That had to help build team chemistry, though. You know, we got to do this together.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, I think – I know that we were also hosting recruits and stuff during the fall. So um, I do know that one thing that helped us is Coach Lou made all of us live in the dorm, which, of course, coming in as a junior, I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. So I lived in a dorm with a kid I would never met, ever. She was a freshman. So none of us got to live together that knew each other, but that helped because we were all in the dorm together. And I remember um, like, you know, going up to different floors and stuff and talking to the girls about softball and stuff. And we would go bowling. And and if anybody listening knows about Southern Miss fun, um, when, you know, at night there's lots to do. So we definitely (laughs) those things as well. Um, We had lots and lots of fun. I, I can remember like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we were gone. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. I,
0: I, yeah, I feel I, I hate the town in Hattiesburg as well. There were things to do. I get it. Places there. to go. People to see. <laughs> so, um, but obviously you look at that year and all the success you all had. There's something that i that I read a lot about that, that kind of changed everything for you. You know, you had this powerful arm for sure, but you developed a change up pitch mm-hmm. right around that time frame. Talk about that. I mean, I think Coach Lou Harris said it took you from a 300 strikeout person to a 600 strikeout person. Like, what, what's the dynamics of, of yeah. that changeup pitch?
1: Um, that is true. And, again, that's one of the reasons why I left Nichols just looking for help, if you will. Um, I, I mean, I, I think I was good. I definitely think I was good. And Coach Lou was like, you have to learn this new changeup. It's going to help you blah 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 I'm sure I had a change up but it that change up was literally the death of me because it was every single day we were working on change up change up change up change up and finally I can remember when it showed up we were playing in um what's now ULM at that time it was uh what northeastern Louisiana or something like that right
0: northeast. we were
1: a Mardi Gras tournament freezing mind you it was snowing and we were still playing um All of a sudden, Coach Lou calls a changeup and this pitch comes out. And I'm like, there it is. And then, because before we would throw it and it it would would kind of bounce, you know, whatever. And then she she told me later that when it came out, she's like, okay. So we called it, she called it again in the same inning and it worked again. And we're like, what is going on? And so that's kind of it just never left from there, but it is true. I went from, I mean, I struck a lot of people out anyways, but, but keep in mind, I wasn't playing. I don't want to say I wasn't playing good athletes and competitors, but the leagues were different. Like if I compare where I played to where my daughter plays, it's different. The athletes are different. Not to mention the fact, 20, 20 years prior to now, we didn't have video. We didn't do all those types of things anyways, but that pitch did kind of change the game. I mean, realistically i i lived on three pitches even though i had five i lived on three and change up was a big big part of it
0: yeah i saw your pitches in person i I don't know how anybody ever hits you really nobody really ever did hit you (laughs) so but that change up pitch i mean just everything you had in your repertoire i mean that season in 99 you're the ncaa season strikeout leader with 497 give or take you hit, you had three uh, three no hitters, one perfect game. I mean, you're doing something off the charts that had never been seen at Southern Miss. And really in college softball had never been seen. I mean, you're this, you're this dynamo that just hit the scene. And it took Southern Miss to the women's college World Series, the, the, the big heights. But before that, real quick, not to ramble on, you got to take on LSU and the Baton Rouge Regional to get there. How cool was that? taking on LSU in your hometown at the regional and beating them to get to the WCWS.
1: Yeah. Well, I can remember um, again, where we first met that year, we were in that same room. If it was M club room, I think it was anyways, we had no idea if we were going to make it to a regional or not. I mean, it was, I don't think any first year team had ever made it to a regional. So maybe our coaches knew that we were going and just didn't tell us, I don't know. But our name popped up, and quite frankly, it didn't matter where it was in mean, the hill. They could have sent us to Oklahoma. We wouldn't have yes. cared made it in. Funny enough is Oklahoma was at that regional that year. So that's the year prior to them winning their first national championship. So it was us, Oklahoma, I think like uh, DePaul or something like that, Oregon State, LSU, and there's probably one more. But um, I mean, I didn't really think about the whole LSU thing like, I did it but the girl that I talked about earlier Ashley Lewis she was there my junior year um, so we get there and I mean the people there are crazy I think LSU's in their second or oh, maybe like fifth year or so of softball so it's a really hot sport over there for them too we show up and, and everything's running smoothly and then we run into them and I think we have that crazy game or maybe that was my senior year I don't know it all runs together but I know that I, I don't even know if we played them. Maybe we did. Maybe we, I don't know. But we ended up playing Oregon State for the to go to the World Series, and they smoked us in that first game. And then we came back. Thank God we hadn't lost, but we came back and won. But um, you know, the fans followed us out there. It was if if you could have a home field advantage, it, it surely sounded like it because. It was loud and there was lots of folks there. So it, it was a very cool experience.
0: It, it, it was a big deal. It's, it's literally not every day that Southern Miss and basketball is going to Final Four opportunity. You know, football is going to the BCS playoffs. I mean, here's Southern Miss with a chance to go to the World Series. I mean, this is a big old deal. And there are a lot of Southern Miss fans that followed you all around. Um, so you get to the Women's College World Series. You get out of Baton Rouge, your hometown, LSU, bye-bye. How was that finally getting up to Oklahoma City?
1: Well, um, I actually had went to the World Series as a fan mm-hmm. my freshman year. One of my teammates and I, would just decided, hey, we're getting in the car and we're going to drive to Oklahoma. And we did. So we had actually visited as a fan. So we knew what all the hype was about. But to go as a player is a different type of atmosphere. Um, you know, you walk in and, and people are everywhere. They know who you are. And some of the softball was different than everybody else. Like – when the when our team would walk around, and I got to give them props because I did not do this stuff because I was generally not with them, they would walk around singing and chanting. I mean, you knew they were coming. Right. So um, you know, it, it was just different. I know that some of our girls had never been on a plane, and we flew, so they were a little freaked out, if you will. So um, you know, then we get there, and we're in this gigantic fancy hotel, and we get all these yeah. gifts. we go to this awesome banquet and all that kind of stuff, so um, very, very cool experience,
0: really cool. Yeah, it, it's super cool. People still talk about it to this day, obviously, but there's more to come for you. So, you know, Women's College World Series ends right there. I know you wanted to win, didn't win it, but getting there is, like like I said, like basketball, getting to the Final Four or something, it's huge. Um, but between your junior and senior year, you get a chance to do something super cool, get to play for your country and uh, play some international ball with the United States softball team. So how was that?
1: Oh, that was um, something that I don't think anybody really realizes how special it is to put USA on your chest and play for your country. Um, I got to say that just being invited out to that camp, if you will, and I think, I, I think there's some pictures out there of me pitching with USA on, but I mean, I, th- I think the training camp, if, if, I think that's what they called it. There was like 100 athletes there and Coach Lou came out, and she took lots of pictures, because <laughs> cool well, she is. I'm telling you, she's my softball <laughs> person. Um, she came out, so she was there with me, and, you know, it was a little different experience, because at that moment, you don't really have anybody coaching you, so you're just going off of what you know um, and, and what your body knows, so the best of the best were there, and I did really well, so, you know, I made the team, which was the crazy part was is they said okay we're done the teams are going to be posted in like an hour so i'm thinking okay whatever i'll go get, get something to eat in an hour i'll go check the list and i'll take a shower and get on the plane it's not what happened i went and got something to eat and came back and they're like hey you need to hurry up because we got to get your picture And i'm like for what and they're like did you not look at the list and i'm like well no i didn't look at the list they're like you need to hurry up you have to go take a shower we have to take photos I didn't have time to take a shower back then. I didn't know how to speed shower. Now I do, (laughs) but, um, I called coach Lou and she's like, well, did you make it? I'm like, I made it, I made it. So she came and took more pictures. And so then that just started the fun of the summer. The thing about it is, is I didn't, I literally did not go home. I think, but maybe twice during the summer, I can remember packing, getting off a plane, repacking, getting back on a plane, um, my mom, my parents were still working at the time. So my travel ball coach had to come pick me up from the airport one time. Um, it was a whirlwind. We went to Canada. We went, uh, we went to Texas. Where else did we go? We went to a bunch of different places, but it was a full two and a half months of playing ball and, and getting to play with people that you generally wouldn't get to play with. Cause you're on, you're on, you know, you're on your college team. They're on their respective college team. It was really cool. Really, really cool. My roommate during that time played for Oklahoma And um, she was an All-American, Lisa Carey. I just talked to her the other day. Really cool. But she and I uh, roomed together and played uh, with Amanda Freed and Amanda Scott. Talked to them recently. Amanda Scott's sister coaches at Arkansas. So I talked to her all the time. So real cool, though. But when I played for USA, all the big dogs were still there, like Michelle Smith and Lisa Fernandez, um, all those ladies. So they're kind of special.
0: Oh, yeah. How special is that? I love how you put that, putting that USA across your chest. That's just, that hits a little different. That's very cool. Yeah. So, a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people were talking about that back then. Just so, so proud of you representing Southern Miss like that in such a way. So, getting back to Southern Miss after you, you represent the US so well, an unbelievable thing happens. You get even better from your junior year to your senior year. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know how it's possible, but you did. So, your first team All American the, the prior year and getting into this year you become the NCAA season strikeout leader, uh, your career and career, uh, mm-hmm. you lead the NCAA with 663 strikeouts. You do four no hitters now and two perfect games. I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable. So how do you think you progress from being just so awesome in your junior year?
1: <laughs> well, I got to tell you, and I think everybody's going to laugh at this. I don't even know if coach Lou remembers this. So Remember, I told you we were living in the dorm my junior year, right? Did not like that. So <laughs> I told her, if you let me live in an apartment and the girls live in an apartment, I promise you we'll make it back to the World Series. That's, that's kind of a big promise. Like looking back on it, I'm thinking, why did I say that? <laughs> but anyways, she said, okay, and I'm going to hold you to it, which obviously what could she have done if we didn't? But sure enough, she let us all move out. Everybody got to go live where they wanted to live if they wanted to. And um, I, honestly, I think I was finally comfortable in my skin. I trusted my coaches. I trusted my teammates. Um, the, le- the way that I trained was different. Mentally, it was different. I mean, you know, I had plenty of confidence going in. And then, you know, it just happened. However, I'm sure you're going to talk about the first weekend when we got our butts handed to us out
0: in that Arizona. That mark- <laughs> well, well, I will talk about it in a certain Arizona game. But but like I said, the, the big focus here is just the impact that you made on Southern Miss softball. And you're improving right now. We're talking from your junior to senior. It was absolutely incredible, um, yeah. everything you did. So kind of go through the season, have an incredible year, win total increases from the prior year, and you make your way back into the playoffs. And you get into the regionals. <laughs> Uh, at LSU in Baton Rouge again. So how is that being back facing the Tigers and then being the host?
1: Well, this time we were on the road, I think maybe coming from the conference tournament. So um, I don't know how we found out where we were going. I do know that we were on a bus coming home and Chris Perkins, who is our SID guy, he said, um, maybe maybe it was on the internet. I don't know. I just remember them saying, we're going back to LSU. And if I'm being honest, and I've really only told my close family this, is I was scared to death, literally scared, because we had played LSU earlier in the season. I didn't pitch against them. Felicia did, and she did great. Um, but they beat us. So I felt like that was probably going to be who we faced in the finals. And um, I think Oregon was there that year, and I don't remember who else. But anyways, um I was scared. I, I was scared. In my mind, I was thinking, I don't, I don't know that I can beat them. They're good. They're really, really good. They had an All-American third baseman. They had an All-American pitcher. They had really good hitting. They're, they had good speed. Um, they were. Their coach was Glenn Moore, who I am very good friends with. Um, they had a great pitching coach, all of those things. I mean, not, not to take anything away from our team, because we had done so well but, you know, when you know you're going to face someone who could give you trouble, I just was scared, scared. So we roll into LSU and I mean, the fans showed up. And I remember the first night that we played them, I I don't know, maybe 12, maybe it was 12, 11, 12 innings, something like that. I remember this one play where our runner, our runner came around third base and I don't know. I don't know if Coach Lee was stopping her or sending her. All I know is she said I literally could not hear anything. It was so loud in that stadium, just so loud. And it was nighttime. um, And we ended up losing that game. But it's crazy because we lost the game and had to wake up the next morning, like less than 12 hours and play again. And at that moment on that Sunday, I knew we weren't going to lose. But yet coming into it, I'm like, "Mm." and um you know, I pitched great, and the team played great. I think we lost two to one the night before, and and then we came in on that Sunday, backs against the wall. We had to win, and so different mindset, and you know, all the training takes over, and you just let you just let it happen. So, but it, that that year was unbelievable. It was a different. Yeah, night.
0: That that regional win and getting out of there was incredible. I was a sportscaster for wdm TV, the NBC, NBC affiliate in Hattiesburg, and I was there with y'all. I saw the hostility. I saw the fans Bullshit. all over y'all. It was, it was wild. But for y'all to get out of that scene, <laughs> it was pretty dang cool. Um, so getting out of that scene, you, you do the unthinkable for Southern Miss. You go to another college softball World Series. I mean, back to back. I mean, now you're starting to talk stuff Michael Jordan does, you know. This is big time, you know. Uh, so I, it's just an absolutely incredible run you had. How, how does that make you feel looking back? We made it to -to back-to-back World Series.
1: Um, You know, it doesn't happen very often. It it certainly didn't happen very often back then for a smaller school. I mean, you you look at UCLA, Arizona, they went all the time. But those were powerhouse softball teams. Here we were, little old Southern Miss. You know, we're on the map. Everybody knows who we are, and everybody fears us by that time. And it's different for us. We go the second year. We've been there. We don't look as nervous on the field. We have the mentality of we can do this. And lo and behold, so that that year, my senior year, we started the year out in Arizona. They run rolled us twice. I can vividly remember giving up a home run to Jenny Finch where it went like in the very top of the stands, and there was nobody out, and it was like this big home run she hits <laughs> off. So we roll into the World Series with the seven seed, and who do we get but Arizona?
0: And yeah, because y'all that was early in the season when y'all played <laughs> yeah. them. Yep, yep, way early.
1: Yeah, so we, Arizona they're the two seed but you know look going back before that we um we got to go do all the fun stuff and you know do the interviews and all those kinds of things and I remember talking that it was coach Lou and Chris Perkins were in the car with us the night of the or it was the day of the game we were doing some kind of media something and I told them I said hey just so y'all know I'm gonna dazzle you with my change-up tonight and he was like okay and we sure did we put it on
0: yeah the, the Arizona game yes
1: right?
0: Yeah, so this Arizona game for anybody that doesn't know the magic of Courtney Blade's arm was on full display she threw a perfect game against Arizona only the fourth time in World Series history that it happened it I was there it was you that you were the best softball player on the planet that night <laughs>
1: yes 100 percent and um I I can remember, I don't know who the hitter was, but, you know, people have asked me to talked to me about the game and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, well, the only thing I can remember is there was a three, two count. Coach Lou called a screwball. It came out of my hand. The minute it came out of my hand, I knew it was a ball, but she swung. Thank God she swung and it was a strikeout because it would have been ball four. And that's really I remember that. And I remember the last play of the game, I think, or maybe second to last, but it was a ground ball to Shanika at second base. And when it came off the bat, it was so bouncy. I just yelled, sit, stay on the ball. And she did. And then <laughs> Those are the only two things I remember about that game. I don't know who was on. I don't know who scored. I don't know anything other than I think we won one to nothing. And I remember those two plays. That's it. So I guess I was kind of in a zone that night. But it, there, that there, was-
0: there you go. <laughs> you're, you're an athlete in the zone. You nailed it. I don't know what was going on. I was just doing my thing. That's what I do. And uh, and, and that's what you did for two years at Southern Miss. And, and literally, like I said, had, had the best career for a Southern Miss athlete, male or female, I've ever seen. So your senior year wraps up. I mean, it's back-to-back College World Series. Uh, you are the softball player of the year for the NCAA that year, which is like I said earlier in the interview the Heisman Trophy for <laughs> softball. so so you're the person uh, you know all American again um just just all sorts of stuff are happening for you and, and you're kind of becoming one of the faces of college football nation of college uh, softball nationwide. So um, at that point in your career I mean, what was it sad to say goodbye or were you like, what a great career. I mean, how'd that feel when it was over? Um,
1: I mean, if anybody followed what we did, we, when we finally, we had that perfect game. And I think the next day maybe we played Oklahoma and I think they beat us like three to one or something. But when, when the world series was over that year, I was physically exhausted. Mm. Mentally. I don't have, when I look back at it, I don't say I, I could have done this. I could have done that. I literally gave everything I had. Those two years, <clears throat> I gave everything I had. I have no regrets whatsoever about it at all. Um, <clears throat> I graduated. I had, I had to go an extra semester because I had to do an, uh, like a for teaching. But <clears throat> I, I don't I, I wouldn't say that I missed softball or anything like that. I was I don't know if I was happy that it was over, but I was OK that it was over because I felt like I had accomplished so much and given everything I could, there was nothing else I could do.
0: You, you know, I can't argue with that. And there's one more stat I just have to throw out there, which is insanity. Your career ERA was less than one at Southern Miss. I mean, if anybody who knows baseball or softball, when you get under one ERA, that's that's superhero stuff. I? So, I mean, your stats are just unbelievable. Anybody wants to have a have any, any stat people out there, go to a Southern Miss stat book and look at Courtney Blade's stats and it'll blow your mind. I'll tell you that right now. So, but congratulations on an unbelievable career in softball. You played a little bit, though, after, actually, Southern Miss, just a little kind of softball after, uh, but but kind of wrapped it up, uh, what have you, right there. And, and a cool thing happened. You want to get into coaching. You wanted to stay heavy in the softball game. So you get the coach re, uh, reunited with Lou Harris in Georgia in 2001. Mm-hmm. How cool was that, bringing the two softball powerhouses back together? <laughs>
1: it was really cool, but I got to tell you, Being young and and knowing kind of what I wanted to do future-wise for family and career and all those kinds of things, um, coaching was not for me at that time. It was, we had to be up at five o'clock in the morning to go meet the girls at the indoor facility to work out or train or whatever it was. And I was still on the phone at 10, 30, 11 o'clock with recruits on the West Coast. So for someone to have loved softball as much as I did and think this is what I wanted to do. I mean, that, that's just what you did. And at that moment, I didn't want to do that. I knew I wanted to get married and I knew I wanted to have kids and I could not see trying to raise kids the way I would want to raise kids with that type of job, I guess. So, And and look, I, there's plenty of people out there that do it. I don't know how they did it. Look Now, would I want to coach in college now? I would have no issues with it, but I don't have any worries. My kids are grown. So um, I think everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I went and coached with Coach Lou and – Still played um, for USA and did some stuff with them. So I got to still got to train underneath her. I got to pitch to the girls at Georgia, had a great time, got to travel all over the Southeastern Conference and see all these great stadiums and stuff like that. So it was a great experience. But like I said, it just wasn't for me at that moment. So came back and put my degree to work. So
0: there, there you go. I mean, you're still heavy in the softball world, still doing a lot of stuff out there. I mean, you know, people see, and you still got this Courtney Blades aura right now, and everything you, every, every live you touch out there with softball. Uh, <laughs> and you talked about marriage, which was a pretty cool one of those marriages made in heaven. You, uh, the, the softball pitcher for Southern Miss winds up marrying the, the solid baseball pitcher from Southern Miss, Chad Rogers. So that's pretty cool. And, and, uh, great genetics right there. Your daughter, Britton, is playing at Georgia as a pitcher. So and you, you said your son played some baseball, too. So if you don't mind just talking about that real quick, family life and, and how things are going there.
1: Yeah. Um, Britain started playing ball about the same time I did. She never really wanted to do anything else. She played ball from four all the way up. She didn't start pitching until a little later. I think she was 11, but mixed some cheerleading in there. She took two years off to do some competition cheer. And let me tell you, I loved that. Loved it. Um, It was expensive and time-consuming, but when they hit the mat, it was so awesome. Um, So she's played ball her entire life. Um, Barrett played baseball from when he was little all the way up until about, I don't know, maybe 13, but this dude, he never wanted to practice. He wanted all the fancy new stuff. I mean, he's got the custom glove. He had custom Oakleys. I mean, actually, his glove's sitting right here this thing is probably six or seven years old. He tells me last night, mom, I think my glove's finally broken in. I'm like,
0: <laughs> <Whoa>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah. um, so he actually, he's 18. She's about to be 21 in June. Um, he runs his own business. He'll graduate from high school. He does online school since we just moved. He just wanted to do online. So he'll graduate from high school in May and she still plays ball and she's got this year and one more year. And, then she's off to med school. She actually just registered for her MCAT last night, two nights ago. So we've moved all over because of Chad's job, but we're here in um, we're here in Georgia now. Uh, we moved to what we call our forever house, but we'll see. Um, but we're right on the lake. We love that. The way of life is is a little slower here and calm, and you know you can just step out on the porch and watch the deer in the backyard and the boats drive by. So yeah, we're we're. We're
0: loving it over here. Oh, very cool. Yeah, just a great family update and super proud of you. Um, You know, Southern Miss world, you are held to the highest regards. So to Southern Miss fans that are watching this, what's some maybe words to the Southern Miss nation you might want to tell them?
1: Well, I can tell you that those two years at Southern Miss were something that you, I mean, you really dream of. We would go the girls, um, you know, the baseball team, the softball team were, were good close friends. I mean, we hung out with football players. We had, a, we had a lot of fun. Um, but we also, you know, we went into the community, the fans and just the the residents in the community were unbelievable to us. I mean, we would go to restaurants and, and you know, they didn't bother you. They just wanted to talk and tell you how proud of them, proud of you they were and, and that type of thing. So it was, it really was a dream come true. When, when I thought about transferring, you know, like I said, it wasn't to be this all American or this great softball player. It was just to get better. And I think I really did pick the right place. It was about two and a half hours from home. So just far enough. And the people were unbelievable. And um, you know, the, actually the coach that's at Southern Miss right now, Natalie Poole, I played with her growing up, played against her growing up. So I think softball programs in good hands with her, um, I'm really excited for them. I know they've done well so far this season. So um, you guys just keep supporting them and uh, and and Southern Miss to the top.
0: <laughs> oh, Southern Miss to the top. Awesome words from the goat. And like I said, I'm going to sandwich this. When you talk about it, the greatest athlete, male <laughs> or female, in Southern Miss history, my money's on Courtney Blades and a lot of people's money is on Courtney Blades. I appreciate you so much for being on and meant the world to me to catch up with you.
1: Absolutely. Same to you. And it was really fun talking to you. It's always fun to
0: talk about what you did way back when. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed catching up with the Southern Miss athletics goat, Courtney Blades Rogers. Well, on this show, you've seen a lot of stories come from some familiar faces. And this week, the memory comes from a former football player at Southern Miss back in the 80s, Don Jeffries. And Don sent me a cool photo to use on the show that I absolutely love. It's an action shot from The Rock. And in the shot, as you can see, he's got the old school neck roll. He's got the Magnum PI, a mustache. I mean, it is a totally 80s football photo and I absolutely love it. So with that said, here comes a great fun story from Don Jeffries.
2: Hey, Marchant. Wanted to thank you for asking me to come on. I've really been enjoying your uh, podcast, all the interviews with the coaches and the former players. It's been really cool. Uh, You asked me to come on and share a little story about my time uh, at Southern Miss. Uh, and I thought of this one, it, it, it's funny to me now looking back, so I figured I'd share it with you. Uh, when I got to Southern, uh, I come from Florida, so I had a lot of the players were calling me Florida boy or flip flop and different things. But I noticed over the next coming months, you know, as we built camaraderie, uh, they started calling me cookie head. And for the life of me, I couldn't figure out what, what this was and it was ever expanding. All the guys were calling me cookie yeah. head. So one night we were at the end zone, the original end zone down on Hardy Street, Uh, Preston Hansford, my roommate at the time, uh, we were playing pool, drinking some beer, and uh, I finally just said, Preston, I gotta know something. And he said, what room? And I said, why do y'all call me Cookie Head? Well, Preston just looked at me the way he looked at people, like he's looking right through you. Put the pool stick down, and he said, I call you Cookie Head because you've got a head that's shaped like a nutter boat. Deep Southern Mist to the top.
0: Thank you so much for sending that memory into the show, Don Jeffries. Well, that's it for another edition of Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. Like I said, thank you for supporting the show. And if you're watching this show on YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. It's absolutely free to do. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify or what have you, please like and subscribe over there as well. Until next time, as always, it's Southern Mist to the top.